0: One thing that I thought that we could do is that if we ever did get a Patreon is yeah. that we could do, um, there's that woman who she does like reactions to movies, kind of like Dylan is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love she that does man. like. He is the only skinny and scrawny that I would ever. I already went on a tangent in the first episode, so <laughs> I'm just going to move on. Dylan, I just have to say, if you ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> I am happily married. So you stand no so, shot. So get away from me. Um. <laughs> get off my feed yeah please even though i'm subscribed to you on every possible platform <laughs> totally your fault i'm B. am spage welcome to cinema where we're talking about all things cinema and all things muck today we're going to be talking about the cabin in the woods so for the cabin in the woods for people who just want to like know if we recommend watching this movie or not yes yes okay yeah, cool absolutely i recommend watching it like once a year yeah. Yeah. Especially during the summertime. I don't know why it makes it, why it's the summertime. Oh, because they're going to the lake for like summer yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. I mean, I would say like summer, maybe like early fall. Early fall. Because yeah. it's, like, in the woods. Yeah. The, the the biggest reason why, I think we both agreed on this, the big reason why that we really genuinely enjoy this movie and why I think a lot of people do enjoy this movie is that it do, it goes, like, past being camp. But I it don't goes, think it's camp. I don't know if it can be considered camp because it's not even, like, making fun of itself. Yeah. It's not holding our hand. It is just, like, blatantly telling you from different perspectives this is what is happening. And that's what I enjoyed about Because it'd be camp if the, the group of the... St- college kids were in on the camp. I feel like it's one of those movies where it did not matter who the monster was that came to quote unquote kill the kids because it was just a grab hat. And yeah, it was just something's going to come for them. And I think that's the whole point is yeah. that like this is a normal horror movie. Whatever fucking monster comes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just about are they scared? Is there brutality? Yeah, immediately were introduced to... Oh, Mr. Citizen and Mr. Hadley. Yes. Um, These two men who work in what looks to be, like, a definitely a kind of facility, but we end up finding out that it's almost like a bunker, like a facility and a bunker. I thought of, like, um, Houston. Yeah. For NASA. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very, like chrome and (laughs) chrome 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 Um, and everybody's wearing like suit and ties except for maintenance yeah and like lab (laughs) coats and stuff like that and there's like screens everywhere and security guards and whatnot but they're just like having a nice conversation and we're kind of getting a little bit of a snippet into what exactly is going to be happening because they're like talking about that this is kind of like a mission or an assignment or something like something is happening yeah something's happening that is of importance and they're all preparing for it yeah but that's kind of like on the back burner and they're mostly just talking about their life stuff which sets the tone for the fact of like this is just another day of work for them yeah this is just another day of the job this is my favorite title card this is a good title card like because it comes out of nowhere literally they're in the middle of talking and it's just loud jump scare screaming yeah and it's just posted on the screen yep and then and then we move on then we move on and so from there we go to like college town Mm. and through a window USA yeah, basically, dead though, ass. It looked like any other college town. It did. So we're at we're at this college town, and through a window, we meet our first, technically main character, mm-hmm. Dana. I was going mm. to call her Diana. It's okay. Dana. Dana. She doesn't have any pants on. She's just in her underwear with a nice frilly top on. Don't understand that, but okay. She's, um, packing and as she's packing, she looks at this, she has, like, a sketchbook and there's a sketch of this, like, older guy in there. Obviously, older gentleman. Yeah, and she's, like, longingly looking at him and you're like, okay, I guess they have some sort of relationship, whatever. And then her ditzy friend comes in, Jules. Jules. But she's, like, not ditzy. She's just, like, sweet. I really like Jules. Yeah, she's bubbly. Like, she's probably my favorite character. She just seems, like, nice and, like, lovely. An idiot. Yeah. But like a fun idiot. Yeah, fun idiot. Yeah. But she comes in and they talk about how Jules had just dyed her hair blonde. Mm-hmm. I guess she was a brunette beforehand. They're talking about how that guy in the notebook is Dana's professor. Former and, professor. Yeah, and they were having an affair. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Jules makes the comment you know just forget about him you can hang out with Holden which is Kurt's friend and Kurt is Jules's boyfriend Mm -hmm. and it's just like Yeah. It's a bit much for me, to be honest, like within first viewing of Japan, like who the fuck are all these fucking people? Yeah, we're getting introduced to too many people all at once. All at once. Because it's Dana and then it's Jules and then Kurt, played by Chris Hemsworth, shows up and that's obviously Jules's boyfriend, but also part of the friend group. Him and Jules have a cute relationship. I really like their relationship. I think I said this before. Yeah, they meme with one another. They have a good communication between the both. They just seem like really good friends. Yeah. We kind of get a a look into who Kurt is a little bit more because he seems like a Bumbling idiot not because well, like Chris Hemsworth. So he like, d- the first introduction is him saying like duck or like hit the deck or something as he throws a football through Dana's window to the street that then lands at Holden. So we're like Why the fuck is he in the street? Again, I don't know. I don't know. He almost yeah. gets hit by a car. Good yeah, for him. Good for him. But that's our first introduction to Kurt. So you're like, okay, cool. Jock, who is the boyfriend to the now blonde pretty girl. Dope. But then he is talking to Dana Mm -hmm. because she is trying to pack like economic books. Yeah. Economics books textbooks yeah. on their trip in case she gets bored and know. instead kurt tells her well if you're trying to impress this one professor for next semester he would really appreciate it if you read this book mm-hmm. instead of this book to prepare yeah and so that hints to us oh he's actually smart yeah he's actually not an idiot he's not an idiot we get that introduction to all of them obviously holden isn't like truly introduced but we know who he is who's he played by you always say his name jesse williams jesse williams he's played by jesse williams jules heads down to take her stuff outside kurt and dana after having the their conversation kurt lets her know also you're in your underwear oh yeah because she completely forgets that so she's literally just standing there nothing yeah. but a frilly top in her underwear i was gonna say that it shows that she's comfortable with being nude nude around others this comes into play later on later with our on. fucking theory <laughs> <laughs> so then they go down and they're they're like packing up an rv because they're all going to be taking that out to a cabin which that is, is kurt's cousin's cabin yes so they're all going to go out to kurt's cousin's cabin in the woods in the woods and this is where we're introduced to our final character of this group marty, marty. <laughs> so marty shows up in this like rinky dink old car he's clearly smoking a bong but is ripping like, a fat one in his car ripping a fucking fat one but it's a it's a thermos it's a yeah it's a bong, bong that collapses thermos. down into a thermos yeah obviously when we're introduced to him we're like oh okay he's like the stoner he's the stoner man like he's just like kind of whatever yeah. but i really like his introduction to the group because he's very He's not even like nihilistic. He's just, and I don't want to say a realist either. He just says shit. He just exists, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, like but, if he wasn't high all the time, he would definitely be an asshole because yeah. he sees the world for what it is. But like dead ass, his he gets out of the car, collapses his thermos bong, locks his door through an open window, to, and then make sure that the door is locked, and then walks away. And but the, the window, the s- whole ass s- open, s- still fucking open. Yeah, it's it's like, so I don't. Is yeah, You know? Yeah. Our first introductions to them, they're all presented as a specific trope, but they're not (laughs) entirely that specific. They're enough of that trope for us to be like, okay, these are these specific people. But they're not. But they're not. So they've all packed up their RV and as they're heading away, we see that there's like agents. (laughs) Yeah, like FBI guys. Like fucking like literal like... Dressed in all black, dudes. Yeah, men in black on top of the building. On top of they all uh, just on the roof of the like apartment complex, apartment built house. Like, how are you not? That's like so obvious. But like, that's the point. But it's not though. Like, in in a city, there's so many people doing shit. I know. I believe that this is when we also go back to the bunker laboratory place we're like truly introduced to citizen and hadley and they we are also introduced to mr truman thank you i finally if i can remember his name truman's security guard their new security guard and Mm -hmm. they're all kind of like detailing each other like what what's supposed to be Mm -hmm. happening and oh and the chemist who her name is wendy those like the four that's the four main people that we're going to deal with uh, back in the bunker. The the way that they're all talking about it, we can clearly see that they're, I mean, obviously, dumb, but there's a connection between them and these kids. Through kind of like talking, them talking with Truman, we're getting a better sense of what it is that Yeah, not only is this not what it seems, it's also completely unfair what they're doing to these kids. They're trying to get them to be a part of a ritual, yeah. essentially. yeah that is supposed to be of their own free will. But it's not. But we come to realize that it's literally not. It's literally not. Like through chemical. Which is why we have the chemist Wendy. Yeah, we have the chemist Wendy through that, through. The surveillance of. Surveillance seeing, of them. Seeing them, they, they have this whole big control panel that like. Yeah. There's they can a do stuff of... to the different, like to the house, to other places. There's a lot of things that are not fair. Yeah. In all of this. They're watching them as they make their first stop at a gas station. It's dilapidated. It's it it's stickery. And while they're trying to figure out how to actually get the gas into their R V, they meet this very fucking rude piece of shit yeah, old man. Very like I would say he's every kind of ist-ism, ist-ism Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Ist-ism yeah. obia central right there. Because he's a piece of shit. His name's Mordecai. He's got one good eye and dips and tobacco. And fucking dips tobacco. It's he's disgusting. disgusting. He basically like tells them like to their face that they're probably going to die at the cabin. He makes a point to let them know like you're probably going to have enough gas to get to the cabin. But not you're not going to have enough gas back. to get back. Basically yeah. saying you're going to die out there. Yeah. Like you're going to get stranded out there and yeah. that's your fault. And they're all like, fuck you, little man. Yeah, fuck you. Racist piece of shit. <laughs> misogynistic asshole. So they head out to the cabin and yep. we get this really nice aerial view of them going through a tunnel. Like, Which you could not pay me a million dollars to drive on that rinky pink road. Absolutely it not. So, it's as wide as the RV. But they're going through this tunnel that's like carved out of the mountain that they're going through. Yeah. And we're kind of getting this perspective from an eagle that's also flying. Yeah, we're following an eagle. Yeah, we're following an eagle. How and, beautiful. um, As they go into the tunnel, the eagle is flying to kind of meet them at the other end of the tunnel, but it hits an invisible... Wall, wall that like shocks it to death and it and dies, dies. It, and falls, so, it, start, it falls down and dies <laughs> so this is to to tell the audience like we now know that this group is in a different literally a different realm of reality yeah, that they're they no crossing control. Control. into it's like a threshold i literally thought of it as like the dome that the hunger games is it so they they get to the to the cabin and it's creepy it's creepy from the outside yeah. well, it's also creepy on the i was gonna inside. say it's just creepy Smage. it's yeah, just creepy it yeah yeah this is where we kind of have like a nice little moment between Dana and Holden, though, because they're all going inside trying to get to the rooms and whatnot. And there's this creepy ass fucking painting in Holden's room of like a goat getting slaughtered or it's something really like It's really gross looking. It's grotesque. Yeah. And cute. so he takes the painting down. But as like, as soon as that happens, you can see Dana literally like- It's a one way mirror. The way that she's standing there just makes him think that he's staring at her. Yeah. Or like she's staring at him. Yeah. But then he realizes that she's looking at herself in a mirror. In a mirror. And he happens to be looking at her through then. Mirror. So she starts to undress, and yeah. he stops her from. Well, not initially, well, not, right, not, not, right right away. Away. not right away, not right away, right away, holding. Yeah. I see you. Yeah, she not basically right unbuttons her entire top. Um, <laughs> so he stops her from getting completely nude, and they go to switch rooms because he's like, you know, I don't, I don't want you to to think that I could just be looking at you whenever. They're obviously both very awkward, but like, they're very weird about it. It feels like such a forced romance. It feels like a forced, awkward, I'm supposed to be flirting with you kind of thing. Which, like, is the case because Kurt brought Holden specifically for the purpose of attempting to date Dana, or at least sleep with her, because Jules wants Dana to have someone else on her mind besides the professor that she had an affair with. So I do think that it is funny when Holden and Dana do have their moment together, though, that he makes that statement like yeah well you know kurt already told me that uh, him and jewel sold me to you for marriage so yeah we got to make this i thought it was funny i well to like indicate like not that i agree with that but just right. like know that i am aware that that's what they're wanting us yeah to so do. like don't don't fine. feel like you have to perform anything yeah that's not why i'm here yeah. like i'm here to have fun this right is, i'm having fun with my friend. This is when we go back with Mr. Citizen and Mr. Hadley. We see all the cameras in the in the cabin mm-hmm. and they're a little bit more explaining to Truman what we talked about earlier, yeah. how they are they're just helping them get influenced into doing They're just specific influencing. Things. Things. Not and so like, much getting rid of their free will. Right. Which in my opinion they, they are. are. Because they talk about how they've like they've laced certain things with all of them to make their inhibitions lower. Yeah. So, so that Lulz they're even has, more easily influenced. She has some sort of chemical stuff in her bleach that yeah. She used so now she's more susceptible to Marty, yeah, more susceptible persuasion. to persuasion. Uh, Marty's, Marty's weed. weed is laced, so he's more susceptible. The water that they're drinking, yeah. the kegs that they brought, everything is laced with something to make them have lower inhibitions. There's misters throughout the house. That they can put pheromones into the air. How's this free will? It's not free, and that's what Truman says. Yeah, like it's this does this seems like a bit fucking much. But the thing is that like it has to be hidden so that a the kids don't see that they are being influenced by literal chemical warfare. Right, because warfare. if they don't know, if they don't know that, then then they think that they're not. Yeah, being they influenced. can claim ignorance. Essentially, yeah, it's yeah. all deception. But then we get this one of my most favorite scenes where uh Mordecai, the the guy who's at the gas station, he. <laughs> (laughs) he. calls, well, he wants to talk to Mr. Hadley and Mr. Citizen because he has something very important to tell them. And so Mr. Hadley puts him on speakerphone. Mordecai is considered the harbinger of death, harbinger of doom. He's basically put there as well he has to be as part of the ritual yeah but he is put there specifically to tell these kids you are going to die if you don't turn around and now these kids have to make the decision of whether or not they continue forward yeah and they're always going to continue forward and why because yeah. nobody listens to somebody who's a piece of shit also like nobody listens to the harbinger no they're there to tell you the end times are coming yeah. only for you to ignore them while he's talking again we're getting that viewpoint that citizen and hadley just this is just another day at the office for them yeah they just show they up Work. don't give a fuck about this uh, because he's literally saying very important information. And all of a sudden he cuts himself off in the middle of it. And he's like, am I on speakerphone? <laughs> and they're like, what? No! He's like, I can <laughs> hear myself <laughs> echoing. And they're like, oh my God, you're uh, right. Like, so oh, sorry. Sorry, let me fix that real quick. And then he doesn't. He's like, okay, I got it. And Mordecai's like, okay. And then goes right back into his speech. Right. And what is he saying in his speech that they don't even pay attention what to? What he's saying in his speech is essentially that the fool will ruin everything. His his message normally would be basically what he tells the kids. But it seems like this time his message is to Hadley and Sidderson specifically. He's like, I already told the kids this. Yeah. I'm telling you now what I know. And yeah. what I know is that if y'all fuck around, y'all will find out and that here's the thing we've watched this movie at least once a year for the last 10 years yeah i never listened to him nobody does nobody ever listens nobody to fucking him listens but when you him. finally do he's telling you how the movie's gonna go he's telling you how the movie ends he tells you how the movie ends which is so fucking funny considering that this is a movie that does that does, it doesn't even hold your hand what did i say like picks you up and carries you like a yeah, child like a child yeah. like it's it's so very much just like and here is this and here is this and here is this like you have nothing to expect there are no twists and turns to this movie except for the ending but like much like how the the like citizen hadley and wendy are all influencing the kids what we are being given within this movie is also influencing us to not give a fuck exactly because we're being so handheld quote-unquote yeah that we don't care that i last 10 years never fucking listen to the harbinger because why would you why would i because like if the kids aren't going to listen to him that makes sense they're kids yeah they're kids but then like these two people who were supposed to see as authority figures yeah. who know everything that's supposed to happen and Are we're just we're trusting them because they're telling us exactly what is about yeah. to happen they also don't care they're why writing care? mordecai off so why should i care so why should i give a fuck yeah if this is literally just what he does every year then i don't care what he's saying I don't care. and that's exactly what citizen and hadley do they yeah. say he does this every year Yeah. so i don't give a fuck what he's saying yeah and you should have you should have. Because this time was different i could see citizen and hadley having been in this so long that they see Mordecai as like, oh, he's on our side, so it doesn't matter he's what the not. fuck he's said He's not on anybody's side. He's on the the old ones. Yeah, side. the old ones. That's whose side he's on. Yeah. So he's just trying to tell you the truth. And much like the kids, they refuse to listen. So we head back to the cabin with the kids, and they're obviously they're swimming in the lake. After they get back into the house, after swimming for what I guess is the afternoon, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's evening now. It's evening now. They're kind of having like a small like how the fuck none of them got sunburned they, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I need to know what fucking SPF they were using. Damn. Well, they're not in reality fuck they're having like a cute little get together like a little shindig there's like dancing and stuff like that and they're gonna play a game of truth or dare mm-hmm. marty dear's rule is to make out with this moose head on the wall it's not a moose head it's a fucking wolf it's a wolf head it's a wolf head he's high as hell um but she does it. And obviously we're made to believe that like oh she's kind of like a hoe or whatever she's, she's like very like promiscuous making out with this yeah wolf she's head. very promiscuous and it's gross um but then she turns it to once she's done with her Whatever the fuck that was, she turns it to Dana, and of course, like Kurt's Kurt is just like, "Oh, you're gonna say truth." Yeah, Kurt's like truth. Oh, you little bitch, truth. She's like, "What's that supposed to mean?" He's like, "Well, you're not gonna say dare because you're not the type to do a dare, so you're but gonna like, say truth." If you say if you say dare, then we're gonna dare you to something. And you're gonna be like, "No, I meant truth." Yeah, but then she's like, "Well, dare," and, and then, then the then fucking basement door pops flies open, flies open, yeah, just flies the fuck open. And they're like, "Oh, must have been the wind." And Marty's the only one to be like, "How does that make any fucking sense?" Because it's in the floor. How the fuck could it be? The wind. So Dana goes down there. Well, she's no. dared yeah she's to go dared to down go in, there. To go down into the basement. She yeah. goes down into the basement, she's looking around, there's all sorts of knick-knacky things everywhere. And then she scares herself because she comes across this gigantic like portrait mm-hmm. of this young girl who we end up finding out is Patience Buckner, mm-hmm. which her family owned that cabin way yeah. back in the day. Yeah. So she screams, everybody flies down into the basement to come check on her. So mm-hmm. then they all start also looking out all the knick-knacks. Yeah, that's when Marty's like, I dare you all to go upstairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But they all pick up a different knickknack. So Marty picks up a roll of film that has something on it. Well, it has a music box. Music with a little box. ballerina on the inside. Yeah. Kurt initially picks up a cone shell. Yes. But then he picks up this, what do you call it? A Pandora's. I call it Pandora's sphere. <laughs> sphere. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. It either. looks like a puzzle. Yeah. It's a sphere. It's got a lot of little buttons it's on something. it. It's something. Yeah. I just call it Pandora's sphere. Jules I don't know what it is. picks up a necklace that was attached to a. That a, was mannequin a mannequin that has a wedding dress and then Dana has a diary mm. and the music starts to swell because obviously everybody's they're, like they're like they're about starting to, to do something they're about to pick something, something that's gonna is happen, gonna to happen. To them. Yeah, and so then Dana calls everyone's attention to her specific thing that she has which is a diary which is a diary of patient Buckner who is that girl in the in the portrait yes and the diary itself details some oh, of the so most disgusting. horrific fucking grotesque things that father is disgusting he needs to burn in hell that father is a sadomasochist. Yeah. Who? Well, and he's incestuous. He's incestuous. Sadomasochist. He's a disgusting piece of shit. He's, he's, disgusting, just, of shit. But he's like, disgusting. He likes, you know, well, all in the name of religion, I guess. I don't fucking know. Whatever. But he likes to make people feel pain and he himself likes pain. He had chopped off one of patients' arms. Mm-hmm. And I don't fucking know why. Why for not? For Religious purposes. You know, for fuck's yeah. sake, who cares? In Patient's Diary, she has like this passage, passage in Latin, yeah, where she basically is just like, "Oh, if you, if you know, maybe one day somebody will read this passage, and me and my family can be restored to our former glory, or whatever the fuck." Yeah. And Dana goes to read it, and Marty's like, "Don't fucking read the Latin." Yeah. What the and she's fuck? She's just like, "It's not that big of a but deal." But then that's when we hear this voice say, "Read the Latin." yeah out loud yeah Marty's like what the fuck is going on yeah Marty's the only one that hears this and then Dana (laughs) proceeds to read Mm -hmm. the Latin but as she is like so when she first starts it's like okay cool whatever but as she continues we are zooming in on what seems to be just some random mound of dirt on the property yeah and then as she finishes the passage a zombie arm of sorts Pops up from the ground. So she's risen the Buckner family up. Yes, and which is Patience, her father, and I believe one or two brothers. I, yeah, I can't tell. I can't remember. I cannot tell. There's one think or it's, two. I think it's one. I think it's one. This is when we cut back to the office setting where previously they had gathered the entire company and they were placing bets on which monster the kids were going to choose mm-hmm. in the basement. These people have been doing it for so long. Yeah. That is just another day in the office. But anybody else would be like, yo, this is fucked up. So then back at the at the cabin, everybody's getting like really fucked up with all of this stuff that they're pumping them full of. Jules and Kurt are being extremely Yucky, like, like just really fucking awful. Yeah, to be Kurt's honest. becoming like a meathead. Jules He's is becoming, like a, becoming a hoe, but not like a fun hoe. Dana. Dana literally tells Jules like Do you need to like go take a nap or take something? A nap or something because yeah. like the, you're not acting normal, like yourself. All of a sudden, holding his glasses, holding yeah, pops out some glasses and Where is What the fuck did those come from? And is like translating Latin to English. What. The- but like he's like, he's just very like awkward skidded. He's not holding anymore. No, he is now being like a, what I would a consider a nerd. A nerd. Like 80s Socially nerd. awkward. Yeah. Like, let me, let me push my glasses yeah. up by the let me nose bridge. Like, he should have honestly had a fucking inhaler somewhere. He should have. This is where Jules and Kurt decide that they're going to go have a romantic evening out in the woods for some fucking reason. Yeah, for some reason. They're just going to have sex the in the woods. Yeah, going to have sex you know, in the woods. Good for them. Good have for them. Have some fun. Yeah. I would never. Watch for ticks fuck dude. Lyme <laughs> disease is no joke. Kurt and out, Jules go, the go into the woods. Yeah. And this is where we see how much they really don't have free will. <laughs> Not free will is happening. Not at all. Because Kurt and Jules are kind of like trying to like Get frisky. At every turn, she I'm doesn't want to do cold. it. She she has like reservations about, well, what's happening? So first it's, I'm cold. Then it's, it's too dark. So when she's cold, they boost up the heat. Yeah. When it's too dark, they turn the moon brightness They up. turn the moon up. Yeah, they turn the moon up. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of just seems like she's not really about it. So they literally let out a pheromone mist through the... Sp- Like moss. How the fuck is that free will? So that she's willing to have sex with Kurt. It's so fucked up. So they start getting frisky. Just make it out. And then he... Goes to town. Goes to town. Which I like, bitch, good Good for for you. We stand a king. We stand a king. We stand to go to town king. She flips him over. Starts unbuttoning her blouse. Yeah. And that's when... Sitterson. Says, show us the goods. And Trum is just like, is that really necessary? And Citizen reminds him that they are not the only ones watching. I do think it is the company. That's what they want. The ancient ones just want blood. They want blood that is coming from young people that have been scared. It is the comp, it's the the board of directors basically that wants like boobs. Jules pops her titties out. She does get flipped over again after that. And while Kurt is about to go right back down to town, which is not good for you girl, yeah. she gets stabbed in the hand oh. by, I want to say Papa Buckner. It is Papa Buckner. Stabs her in the hand. Yeah. She starts screaming. Kurt um, gets off of her. Kurt gets off of her thinking that something's going on. Yeah. But then Kurt gets kind of like thrown to the side, fucked up a little bit. He gets yeah. kind of thrown, tossed to the side. Jules is getting thrown around like a fucking rag doll. Jesus Christ, beat the hell up. Jules is being held up by one of the brothers. Papa Buckner comes around and chops her head off. We don't see her head get chopped off but but we we very much know that that's what happened. This entire scene really does a great job at shifting the film. I would say in my opinion it is the only Horror, true yeah, horror. I agree in the film yeah. as far as making me uncomfortable. Anna Hutchinson does an amazing job. She does of being terrified. She made me terrified for her. It was it it's made me that, feel sad. It's that feeling of I don't like when something is scared and in pain before it dies yeah. and like knows that it's gonna die and yeah. is afraid the entire time. That's what she's doing. I liked that while she is getting fucked up and murdered, you can tell that they basically oh, yeah. taped the shirt down. On yeah, her boobs. The only time that you see her boobs is when she shows her boobs. Is when she Other shows than her that, boobs. You never see Specifically again. for the whole she needs to be a hoe yeah. thing. But then you Other never than see that, again. Boobs covered And that's really nice. I appreciated that. Yeah. I really did. That's really nice. It made it be like there was a purpose for that. Yeah. Which there was. Right. <laughs> RIP jewels. RIP jewels. Oh, ripe jewels. Yeah. No rip. Just rip. Yeah, just rip. Yeah. yeah. R I P to you, my sweet sweet angel. We we go back to Sitterson and Hadley and mm-hmm. they have these like weird pendant things on a necklace that they like say a specific saying to, then mm-hmm. they kiss it, and then they pull this lever that breaks a thing of blood and mm-hmm. fills up this monument um, kind of like But it has like an outline of a person. Mm-hmm. And that specific person was just like a woman who like clearly had big boobs. Where to understand that she is that, whatever that symbol is, is her. It's is Jules. Is Jules. Yeah, Jules has and now filled that portion of the ritual. We're we're in it. We're in the ritual. We're in it. We're we're fucking in it. Yep. So we head back to the cabin where we're we're seeing Marty. He has a, a moment of clarity where he believes that they are being puppeteered by something he can hear a voice say like go for a walk or something yeah. like that and he like starts freaking out because he's like i'm not a fucking puppet yeah and then he's like i'm gonna go for a walk <laughs> yeah after do that big long rant right yelling to the air he's like i'm gonna go for a, I'm walk. Go for a fucking walk as he is i guess getting prepared to go outside we go back to holden and dana, dana they're making out as things are getting like a little more heated for the two of them dana's just like you know i've never and then she catches herself like well not never right she's gonna say like i've never slept with anybody but like clearly she has she has and Holmes just like we don't have to do anything you don't want to which is really sweet which is sweet so then marty goes outside and he's just like chilling he makes a comment that he thought that there would be stars in the sky again yeah. pointing out to the audience that they're in a different reality than yeah. what they were expecting to be in and that's where he says we are abandoned we are abandoned i'm yeah. like marty he's awesome shit marty fucks but then immediately just starts pissing outside but this is when and like i've said before this is my favorite, favorite horror, trope. horror trope is when something is moving in the background unbeknownst to the main character that we were watching like if i was just watching marty that. i probably wouldn't have seen it but no. my eyes always, caught it always. and i was like Ooh. yeah what we see is that this like a small person like a child obviously is like shuffling, is, like, towards, shuffling marty. towards him and we can tell that that's one of the the zombies Buckners, yeah he stopped urinating because he thinks that he hears something and then this is the second jump scare mm-hmm. of the entire movie the first jump scare being the title screen title where card. oh yeah title card kurt like fucking pops out I'm like he was probably right in front of you Marty and you how didn't see him did you not see Bro, you ever try to see someone running towards you in the dark no because I will pass away but it's that hard happens. you can't see shit I say they're working. going in a straight line bitch literally I was in my fucking garage and the mailman came up my front yard and I could hear footsteps but I couldn't see him I don't know how and then he just pops around the corner and he's like good morning I fucking went <gasps> <laughs> and I was like oh my god good morning you scared me so bad he was like oh, I do that a lot have a great day. I was like <laughs> It's like maybe wear a bell on your shoes or hell. something. God damn it. Kurt pops out of fucking absolutely nowhere, covered in blood. Yeah, grabs onto Marty and starts and yelling about how they need inside. to go inside. Oh, but as they're running inside, he looks literally- <laughs> Chest the she hell out of Patience. literally fucks up Patience and just like yeets her Pati- to the side. Patience Buckner is the one coming up behind yeah. Marty. As they're running towards the cabin, fucking he just her. fucking just checks her one yeah. right across the chest. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, she flings off to, into like, a different the, direction. She's a fucking zombie, but like, she's a child. She's a child. That's a child. How do you gotta do that? Jesus. So they run inside, lock the door. Marty's trying to like get the windows and the door locked. And Kurt is also trying to do that, telling mm-hmm. them to get away from the windows. Yeah. And Dana's just like, where is Jules? Dana is a down bitch because she's like, Why the fuck are you in here with blood on you and Jules is not with you? Yeah. What the fuck have you done with Jules? Yeah, and like, she's like, I will fucking kill you. Yeah, her. he's basically trying to tell her, like, she's gone. We have to, like, shut the window, something. Like. She's like, I'm not going fucking anywhere without Jules. She opens up the door. Sometimes There's- down bitches do stupid things. You know, sometimes you know. down bitches do stupid things. I'm just saying. She opens up the door. Papa Buckner chucks something Jules. at Dana's direction. Yeah. And she it's squishy in. and think she's catching it it's Jules's head yeah. unfortunately she chucks that shit to the side cuz gross and they try to very quickly get papa buckner out of yeah. the cabin they yeah. succeed they yeah. get him out they shut the door yeah. um this is where kurt has a great moment a fantastic plan of intelligent quality and, and leadership and leadership yeah. and he says we're going to stick together yeah. we're going to go room by room and shut this shit down and then we're going to try and figure out what to do next dope sounds like an amazing plan hadley and citizen immediately like fuck yeah they're like this is not they're like no we don't need this not a good plan pheromone missed that shit yeah all of a sudden, just kidding, we need to split up. Yeah. And in those like several seconds of them trying to figure out what to do moving forward, Papa Buckner breaks the door down. Mm-hmm. And then he, sorry, Kurt yells at everybody to go to their rooms. And then Sanderson is like, okay, cool. Dope. Lock it down. They slam all the doors behind the kids and lock them, mm-hmm. which I'm just like, this is again, unfair. This is not free will. It's not free will. You're not allowing them to actually naturally survive. Yeah. We go to Marty's room first, I believe. And he's kind of like freaking out, trying to get things up against his window. He knocks over a lamp and that is where he sees a, a camera a camera and a microphone in his lamp. And so he was right. He was right the entire time. Yeah. This is where him being a stoner is stupid, though, because he thinks he's on a reality TV show. <sighs> and his only remark is, oh, no, my parents are going to think I'm such a burnout. It's like, Marty, there's literally fucking zombies after you. They've literally already killed your friend and you're worried that your parents are going to think you're a burnout. Yeah. One of the Buckner boys rips through his window, grabs him and yanks him out. Mm-hmm. He tries to make a run for it, unfortunately he gets stabbied in the back. That oh, I that can't imagine. Awful. I literally can't imagine. He gets pulled away. He's getting pulled away. He goes over the hill and we hear some pretty yucky squishy sounds. Rip Marty. Ripe. Ripe. Rest in internal peace. Rest in peace eternally. Sorry, sweet king. Sweet sweet king. Ripe to Marty. Yeah. We go back to the cabin. I'm now traumatized. And Marty's dead. We are now in Dana's room. She's kind of like trying to also get shit up against her window. One of the other is it one of the Buckner boys or is it Papa Buckner? I don't know. Uh, it's I one of them. I can't remember. One of them is also trying to, uh, (laughs) a Buckner. It's one of the boy Buckners is trying to rip through her window as well. She's Mm -hmm. got shit up against the window to try and prevent that. Holden being Mm -hmm. in the room next to her, breaks the mirror between their rooms and tells her to come into his room. As they're shuffling furniture around to also try and kind of like blockade some shit, they move the bed. I think so. And like underneath a it, bed or a chest or something. Something is an opening to- Like a cellar door. A cellar door. They jump down there. And earlier, when Dana was reading Patient Buckner's book, she talks about the Black Room, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it is essentially where Papa Buckner did fucked up shit. Yeah, he did his- quote unquote surgeries surgeries dana obviously is feeling overwhelmed with emotions looking at it like putting into perspective that like yo, this is fucked up this poor girl this poor girl went through it and she wrote it down and now i'm having to see it and now i'm having to live firsthand friends are dead (laughs) friends are dead there's (laughs) a lot happening for me right now it's a bit much it's a bit much we think they're fine but then they're not fine holden gets a bear claw fucking like bear trap to the back bear trap to the back Jesus and yanked up through the cellar door kind of gets stuck a little bit because he's in the corner ugh Dana, being the down bitch that she is again, fucking spider monkey jumps on him, rips him down again, sometimes down bitches do do stupid stupid shit because I could not imagine the pain. I could not she yanks him down, let me go bear trap in his back still, let me go but doing that brings Papa Buckner through the cellar a bit she's kind of doing like, you like pain and I'm like, okay, you're trying to be a bad bitch, but this is like a bit much, so she like hits him in the head with a crowbar, doesn't do shit she just starts stabbing him in the neck with like gardening shears he looks like he's passed away now because he's basically has no neck they get the bear trap off holding. <laughs> yeah, and then Kurt comes busting through the door that's attached that's like in the in that black room. Yeah. Because there's like a tunnel system that attaches the like trinket the room that we saw at the beginning of the, yeah. the movie to the black room. The, yeah. And they bust through there. The three of them run outside, realize that Marty's gone, and so they decide to get into the RV. There is a bloody handprint on the door, on the door of the, of the RV. RV, which is to indicate to us someone is in there yeah somebody with blood on them is in there we don't know who but it's somebody it's somebody even though they're in the rv everybody back at the facility believes there's no way these kids can escape everything is still gonna go according to plan it doesn't matter that they got out of the cellar it's fine when we're back at the facility we end up seeing that at the beginning of the movie when we're talking about the ritual we find out that it is just the u.s in Japan that are left in completing their rituals to appease the old ones. Yeah. One country needs to at least succeed. Yeah. And by succeed, I mean kill people. But what we end up finding is that it's Japan and the US. And in Japan, it's this demonic ghost thing. It looks like the grudge, it but looks it's like- floating. she's in a room full of schoolgirls who are trapped in like a classroom. I'd say like 7-8 year olds. Yeah, 7-8 year olds. They're very little. When we come back to the facility, we see that the Japanese girls have successfully defeated the, the demon. And now she's this happy little frog now there's a lot more pressure on the u.s because they are the only country left to actually successfully fulfill the ritual to appease the old ones if they fail if the u.s fails the old ones come back and kill the earth but this is also a hilarious thing where citizen is literally shouting fuck you at a bunch of (laughs) (laughs) five-year-olds he's like fuck you fuck you fuck you (laughs) So they're like, it's fine. Like we'll succeed anyways because like these kids can't even get out of here. Unbeknownst to them, the kids are going back towards the tunnel where they initially came in. The tunnel is supposed to be caved in, in, but it's not. It's not. It is fully open. No explosion happened to cave it in like it was supposed to. Hadley and Sitterson are trying to figure what the fuck is going on. Sitterson runs down to the mechanical room. Well, they're trying to get in touch with the mechanic and there is no ability to get in contact with them. And the only contact they do have is to let them know that we didn't get a signal the people who did the explosions never got a signal there was some sort of interception they never got the signal to actually cave it in so they couldn't so citizen runs quickly to facilities yeah. to try and find the wiring yeah. board essentially yeah. the rv is getting through the tunnel pretty and quickly and com- they almost make they it. almost make it the exit is in sight yeah. and citizen blows it up just in successfully. time successfully blows it up tunnels caving in they have to book it backwards the RVs going backwards very quickly. That's scary. Scary. Very scary. Yeah. I would be, I would immediately lose control and just like, I would do like small ping pongs first and then yep. it would just be ping pong, yep. ping pong. Yep. I don't know how. I don't know how they did it. I don't know. They get out the other end of the tunnel. They're kind of making this realization of just like something else is happening and it's not just the fact that they're zombies. Dana, Holden, and Kurt are standing at the edge of the like valley kind of and mm-hmm. they're they're looking and they're like, clearly we can see the other side of the valley we can go towards the road how do we get over there luckily kurt had brought his dirt bike and he's like i'm gonna make this jump i've made, I've jumps, made jumps bigger than this much bigger than this yeah. it'll be fine i'll go and get help yeah. and we'll figure out what we're supposed to do many of us have forgotten what happened at the beginning of the movie i forget it every time every fucking time every fucking time every i forget fucking time. it time i know it's coming but i don't know what's coming what i love too is that when you are watching these kids you're watching it as if you were watching a natural horror movie where what is happening to them was the only part of the movie because the yeah. music swells. Yeah. He's going to make it. Yeah. he As he makes the jump, it's like, yeah, it's even in slow-mo. Yeah. And then he just smacks right into that fucking invisible, invisible. wall. And his body just... Ping, just ping, ping, yep. Ping, ping, yep. ping, 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 All the way down the fucking valley. And he's dead. He's dead. So, rest in peace eternally to Mr. Mr. Kurt. Ripe. Ripe. You tried. You are violent. This is when Dana realizes that Marty was right the whole time because she's like, clearly, this is not just about zombies. Something else is going Something on. Something else is fucking happening. She's clearly becoming unhinged. She's spiraling. Her and Holden get back into the RV. Holden is driving back towards the cabin and he's like, obviously, we can't go that way. We'll just drive through the fucking cabin. We'll get, like, we'll literally go through the woods. I don't care. We'll figure it out. And Dana is just like, "What the fuck is the point?" Yeah, he's like, "No, we got this. We're gonna do great. I just need you to stick with me. We're gonna we're gonna do this. It's gonna be fine. We're gonna get help." And she kind of believes him for a little bit. Yeah. Like he's doing a really good job of being believable. And then fucking rip to him and his throat. has yeah. a scimitar through the throat, dude, from the back of the chair because one of the Buckner, Buckner boys, boys is in the RV with them. That was the bloody handprint that on, was the RV. Bloody on the RV. So, Ripe so, Holden. No, no. Sorry, I think Rip. Just rip. Rip I think rip just Holden. rest in peace. Because I don't give a shit about him. Nah, not really. He's rip Holden, like he loses control of the RV, obviously. obviously. They go off the road and into the lake. Yeah. They are now drowning. Dana goes to escape the RV. Nearly gets fucked up. The Buckner boy that's in the RV grabs onto her ankle, but she makes it out. She gets um, onto the pier. And gets she's onto the uh, pier. She's kind of just sitting. She's like trying to breathe. She's like kind of crying. Kind of crying, very kind of, wet, kind very of hyperventilating. Sad. She's just like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> yeah, and then we hear Pop Buckner show up with his bear trap it immediately cuts to a pop of champagne sitterson hadley truman and wendy mm-hmm. back in the control room yeah. are sipping on some modelos and Dude, champagne they're all celebrating and whatnot and truman makes a comment of like why are we celebrating clearly everything isn't done because to him with dana still being technically alive mm-hmm. he's like the, obviously the ritual can't be done Siderson, or maybe it's Hadley, i can't remember one of them says that like it does doesn't matter as the virgin Mm -hmm. who is the trope that they have assigned her to Mm -hmm. she needs to survive last but she can either die or live but as long as she has suffered Mm -hmm. that's all that matters and she has suffered and she has suffered greatly essentially it goes i don't know if it's here where we're explained i think it is it's the tropes are the whore the athlete the scholar the fool and the virgin jules was assigned the whore she has to die first the athlete was kurt the scholar was was Holden, the fool was Marty, and the virgin is Dana. Yeah. So Dana needs to stay alive and she also just needs to suffer. She has done both. Whether she lives or dies, I believe they say is up to fate. Yeah. Which I'm just like, now it's fate. Now it's fucking fate. Now whether she lives or dies is fate. Fucking stupid. Fuck that. Hadley kind of has a moment of clarity where he talks about how he was really rooting for this girl. And I think it's the first moment outside of when Jules passes that we see like empathy in them. Yeah. Where they're just like, this is somebody that you could see as being, she's just a person. He's kind of having a moment. But then the rest of the company is showing up yeah. and he immediately goes into tequila yeah, is my lady yeah we again get a, a, a glimpse into kind of the normalcy of it all there's an analyst who is talking to a different analyst about like oh you know I got about ba- I got tickets to the your favorite ballet and she fucking walks I was away. wondering if you like you when know, she walks away yeah mid sentence walks away Oof. he's like oh okay and That's I'm just like oh citizen is kind of making a jab at maintenance he walks over to them and says oh you know you guys nearly costed us this year and they look like they're not fucking around and they're like we aren't kidding we didn't get a call. Some kind of interception from upstairs happened. Upstairs. Upstairs. And, so and it seems he's like, what like, do you mean upstairs? There's no way that it can be upstairs because the only people that are upstairs are the kids are the and kids. the zombies. So why the fuck is there an interception from upstairs? Yeah. Cut two. The red phone of death. The red phone of fucking doom on the yeah, wall. on the wall. Starts wall. ringing. Starts ringing. Hadley tells everybody, shut the and fuck up and turn the music also off. Also, at this point, Dana's brutal brutal like most brutal assault happening to a person is being played on all of the big screens yeah. while all these people are celebrating celebrating the juxtaposition drinking, yeah of there are drinking alcohol eating food talking to one another kind of laughing and this it up woman is actually being like She's getting beat up. Genuinely assaulted. She is getting fucked up on the screen and it's just, there's no noise. You're not hearing her, which again, I think is the, that's the disconnect. They're just like, this is just something. This is just my job. the phone rings. Hadley makes everybody shut up and turn off the music. He goes and picks up the phone. I'm going to guess it's somebody in the board of directors. Yeah. I don't know who it is. Somebody. It's somebody important. Let's him know they fucked up. Someone is still alive. And they're like, who? Cut back to Dana gets thrown back onto the pier mm-hmm. and Papa Buckner is about to, what we assume, throw the final Just blow. murder her. Somebody hits Papa Buckner on the back of the head somewhere. man hard, hard. He gets knocked out. He falls to the side and lo and behold it's motherfucking Marty. Yeah. Marty fucks. Marty fucks. Marty fucks. Marty has survived. But this is where we go back to thinking about when blood is spilled and they have to like pull those little levers to show mm-hmm. that like a person in the ritual has died. When they pulled the lever from Marty's, the fool, quote unquote, it spills outside of the outline in the monument. Yeah. And also cracks. So we're just like, oh, that's weird. That's weird. Citizen and Hallie in the facility wrote it off as the ancient ones being excited. Yeah. Because like things are like happening because yeah. like everything kind of rumbles a little bit. Come to find out it's because Marty didn't actually die. Marty didn't die. They preemptively decided that he had been sacrificed without double not. checking. And so it was the old one's way of saying like, no bitch. You are incorrect. You're, you fucked up. Marty somewhat saves Dana. Mm. I mean- You know, Papa Buckner falls into the lake, but he does like the he like (laughs) like then like an alligator. He like slowly slowly gets out of the water. (laughs) And then he like goes back underneath the water. Like clearly he's not done. He takes Dana to the grave Site where all the Buckners had come out of. Yeah, he is the one who had rerouted the power because what he ends up showing her is that there's the grave sites are entryways into an elevator Good. that yeah. goes to the facility. They end up getting into the elevator. She sees a dismembered zombie. zombie. That's where he makes the joke. Yeah, I had to dismember him with a trowel. What have you been up to? <laughs> what have you been up to? And she's looking at him so fucking traumatized because obviously she is. They're in this elevator and. We're starting to see them interact with different monsters. Well, yeah, they go down the shaft after he reroutes the power. And they're kind of like, they keep coming face to face with different, very scary monsters. There's a Wolverine? Wolf. Werewolf, sorry. werewolf. Marty is looking at this little girl who's a ballerina. When she turns around, her face is made of like different rows of... teeth teeth. yeah it's like shark teeth it looks like that literally looks like that shark from james and the giant peach the mechanical shark (gasps) that's in the clouds that's what it looks like marty's freaking out about that but then dana is face to face with this i i I don't really know what the fuck he would be considered i don't know what he is but again i wrote in my notes that like i find him incredibly handsome oh my god and that speaks to how fucked up i am like are we okay because like he's pale as fuck he's got nails driven into his head he's got shark eyes But he's quiet. He's just there. He's existing. He's not, his face is emotionless, but soft. You know what I mean? There's something there that says like, I'm so sorry. But he shuts the fuck up. He shuts the fuck up. He doesn't say a goddamn word. He's just standing there with his little Pandora sphere. But that's the thing. He's holding that Pandora Pandora sphere. And and that makes uh, Dana, Dana realize that they chose their fate. They chose their fate they chose what was going to kill them. She puts she puts two and two together because yep. she recognizes that as the thing that Kurt was holding. And she's like, we're fucking playing with these things. And it's literally what caused us, caused all my friends to die. I wrote on my notes, she herself then becomes the very thing that exists in that elevator shaft. Yep because she starts freaking the fuck out, yep. hitting that that window mirror thing with yeah. her bloody ass hands. Yeah. And it's just feral. She becomes a monster. Sitterson and Hadley are now trying to quickly find which elevator shaft Marty and Dana are in because they need to kill Marty in order for the world to survive. Fuck Dana at yeah. this point. They're just like, no, we just have to kill Marty for sure. They finally find it. In the speaker of the elevator shaft, Sigourney Weaver comes across to let Dana know. It seems like she's trying to talk to Dana and Marty but we know that she's only trying to talk to Dana. That essentially, like, this ritual is older than anything that they know of. This is what nightmares are made of out of these things because the old ones used to rule the earth, that kind of thing. So you need to help us complete this ritual. Citizen and Hadley, and really I guess like the entire facility, has deployed like their military personnel to like get over to that elevator. And they're basically like, just kill the guy doesn't matter what happens to the girl, but she can't die before him. And so when the elevator doors open, there's one security there's guard. There's one, like, agent. Yeah. And he tells them, like, don't move. And they both go to step out. And he's like, no, not both of you, just the girl. And that's when they, they start to real well, especially Marty, he starts to he's realize like, something's like going something on. is, like, obviously something's going right, on. Right, but, but like, like something, something more, more than what is, I think is, is going actually on is going happening. on. The zombie arm, which had fallen into the elevator with them, grabs the security guard and he triggers Happy little son of a bitch shoots at the fucking zombie <laughs> arm, and Dana and Marty both attack. They just push him. They charge him, push him but against the wall, and he hits his head pretty he hard hits and his knocks head. himself out. Yeah, Marty takes the officer's gun yeah. and hands Dana the trowel that yeah. was used to dismember the zombie Yeah. <laughs> And so while they're getting their big spiel from Sigourney Weaver, they're looking at like the, they're in the middle of like a room of elevators and at the very front, I guess, quote I guess unquote of the room say, is yeah. this like control booth booth kind of area. And they so they go in, shut the door. Yeah. Because there's the military personnel are charging them now. Mm. They this just makes you know. sh- They just start shooting into the room, into the, into the fucking control booth. And yeah. I'm like did you guys not hear that what you she were said- supposed to? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. fine. Sure, whatever. Sure, whatever. And then like the big fucking trope that it is, there's a giant what? purge all button. Purge all button. That Dana's like, let's fucking go. So she hits it. All of the monsters are now being transported up to the actual facility. As soon as the doors open, they get got. First round of monsters they come out. They fucking get got. And start just de- just devouring the and military it's, personnel. It's, it's disgusting. Bad. It's real bad. It's disgusting. So when there's a lull in that, Dana and Marty decide to leave the booth. Why? I don't know. Well, we get a couple rounds of the elevators opening. Yeah. The thing. It's like funny. It, yeah. It's so <laughs> hilarious. You literally hear like them come down, ding, and then they like, bah, and yeah. then you hear them come down, ding, bah, that kind of thing. And it just keeps happening like four or five times. Finally, it seems that all of the monsters have been purged out of the elevator. Dana and Marty go to leave the control booth. We go back to the control room room with Sitterson, Hadley, Wendy, and Truman. Yes. And there are Monsters have infiltrated their control room, yeah. and they're trying to figure out how to get to some kind of safety. To some kind of safety, they have like a a, a hatch that leads to, I guess, like a bunker, like a safety bunker. Yeah, so I'm like already in a bunker, but there's okay. a code that you need to put in to get to it. Right. So Citizen is trying to put the code on there. Yeah. He's got Wendy and Hadley next to him. Truman gets yanked mm-hmm. by I think zombies. I think I so. Think so. I think I'm pretty sure it's zombies. And so he decides to pull a grenade. And he blows himself up, but this flies Hadley away from the door. Mm -hmm. From Citizen and Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's kind of getting all fucked up. And out of his like haziness, he hears this like squishing noise coming towards him. And he just looks defeated because he's like, there's no fucking way that this is happening. And he gets completely devoured by a merman. Yeah. Like as his field of vision comes clear, he sees like, it's not Aquaman. It's not fun. He gets just starts getting his face eat the fuck yeah off. yeah yeah it's gross and there's blood squirting everywhere he's going through the blowhole of yeah. the merman rise to, to rise, mr hadley rise to hadley as bitch. as much as he was a very funny character he was nope. still a piece of shit he's still a piece of shit so rise rest in shit eternally my rest guy in shit wendy so, unfortunately gets taken by yeah. a snake cobra i'm gonna say rise to her as well rest rise to yeah, like, her like because she had that moment where she could have been really nice and been on truman's side and yeah. not bet even like thought about it but then she was like mm, i'm gonna say no to my morals and went and bet on like so how they were gonna die fuck you you unethical piece of shit rise rise to wendy rise to wendy oh Oh. wait truman we didn't even give him a proper oh my god rip to truman i'm gonna say ripe i'm gonna say ripe to you say i'm gonna say rest eternally yeah just because he took the job to protect people but also questioned the ethics and morals of what was happening he never i feel like ever gave up the fact that he felt that this was ethically immoral but he did do his job he did do his job Yes, he did to, try. So. Okay, so ripe ripe to Truman. Ripe to Truman. Ripe to Truman. You know, good Rice to everyone else. Yeah, rice to everyone else. Sitterson, after Wendy gets snatched away, is able to open up the hatch. He goes down the hatch and then as he's turning the corner, Dana and Marty are also turning the same corner and Dana accidentally- I believe accidentally- Stabs him right in the gut. Right in the gut with the trowel. <laughs> and his- face looks elated to see her he's like oh shit yeah he, he even s- says like it's you it's you as they're leaving he says like you have to kill him yeah he's kind of he's so obviously dana. fading fading sliding down the corner yeah and tells dana kill him you have to kill him marty doesn't hear this but marty being the sweetheart that he is marty Fox pulls dina dina dana away yeah. and says here it's easier with this and gives her the fucking gun and i'm just like marty if you would have heard what he just said marty Fox, marty Fox, but, marty, it's but it's also an idiot. you know what <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes dumb bitches just do dumb do, shit. They do dumb shit. <laughs> you know what? Even though I, it's going against me, I'm going to say rise to Mr. Sidderson as well. I'm going to at least give him a rip. No, I'm going to say rest in shit eternally just okay. because like he also, he also could have. If I'm going to give it to Mr. Hadley, I got to give it to Mr. Sidderson as well. See, but I don't, this is where I'm That's different. That's fine. That's fine. You can okay. say, you can say differently. Yeah, That's I'm going to say Rip. I'm going to say ripped to Sitterson because he had a job and I feel like he respected his job enough to want to do better. However, He wasn't like as cocky as Mr. Hadley. He wasn't. He'd been there a long time. Yeah. You know? So he was at least devoted. So we follow Dana and Marty. They end up going into that room that holds all of their like the monuments. The monument. This is when Dana makes the connection. Like this is us. Like yeah. this is who we are. Yeah. We she's each, looking around at all of them. And this was us. One of these people. The Gourney Weaver. What is what is her name? The, the director Weaver. comes out of fucking nowhere. She just pops up. It seems like literally just fucking pops up and starts going on this big ass spiel. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Uh, explaining what? what each monument is. Yeah. Explaining the that. Whore, the every, athlete, the the scholar, yeah. the fool. Explaining that every country is different, but yeah. all they know is that it just needs to be young, young. blood, needs to die. In pain. In pain. Yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. all they know. And it's to appease the ancient ones. They have to do it once a year so that they don't rise yeah. over the world and kill humanity yeah. and da, 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 As she's explaining this, she basically trying to make the argument really only to Dana mm-hmm. and slightly also to Marty. Please, like, help us. The room starts to rumble because the sun is about to to rise Rise. which is the end of when the ritual is supposed to happen and if they don't finish the ritual before the sun rises then the earth will be destroyed yeah and this is where she says says it to marty you can either die with them or you can die for them and he's like and marty's just like great option yeah (laughs) he's just like maybe we should he's like if this is what it takes If you all killing my friends is what it takes to continue us moving forward, then maybe it's not worth it. Yeah. And Dana in the background is like, maybe not. And points the gun at Marty. Yeah. And the director kind of shifts her eyeline from Marty to Dana and back to Marty. Yeah. To indicate to Marty, hey, bro. I think you're the only one that feels like this. Yeah. And so Marty turns around. It's just like, wow, you fucking bitch. You That's what I would have been like. I would have been like, ooh. Ooh, you son of you a bitch. You got energy. You motherfucker. <laughs> Dana's trying to be, she's crying, obviously. Yeah. And she's just like, Marty, you think about it. all of humanity. And he's just like, mm hmm. Bet. As a fucking werewolf, fucking werewolf, the fucking werewolf, is coming up behind her. And he's just like, yeah, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Because you're about to get fucked. Yeah. And he's just watching it happen. That thing chomps so hard down on her neck. Oh my god, dude. Like a dog with a stuffed animal. Yeah. Just fucking doing the... the yeah. rah, 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 rah and she thing. drops the gun and Marty grabs it and immediately shoots the werewolf. Immediately shoots the werewolf and the werewolf runs away. Yeah. However, Dana is quite fucked up. Bleeding a quite lot. Profusely. Yeah. Kind of... Uh. And she kind of got whipped around. The director and Marty are now fighting because the director wants to kill Marty because obviously she has stake in this. She's like, I don't want the world to die. And also like, it's my duty to make sure that this doesn't happen. Correct. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She is so the director of the facility after all. Right. They're fighting over the gun. They're like, Sigourney Weaver is being the fuck out of Marty, dude. She she's is. just like, I'm yeah. gonna fucking kill this yeah. bitch. She's like kicking his ass. Like, Jesus Christ, girl. Yeah. This is when we see that Patience, who was the last monster to get off of the elevators, mm-hmm. makes her way into this room and she is going towards Marty. And she passes by Dana, who is trying to yell out to Marty, who I think is on top of the director. I think he's the one who's on top. At that point, Marty is on top of the director, yeah. kind of like trying to get her to stop. stop. So Dana's trying to call out to, to Marty, but obviously she's like... In in pain, she's all fucked up. Yeah. And she finally lets out a like a Marty! Marty! And yeah. so he looks over at her and sees that Patience is coming with an axe. Yeah. And he flips the director on top of him. Patience goes, she swings, and drives the that fucking axe. director right in that goddamn nog. And the nog, man. Just right in the nog. Yep. And so Marty like shoves both of them over the edge down to where I guess the ancient ones I are. I guess so. Yeah, because it's kind of like they just a, look like they're on like a they're like, like, like a, a top semi, of a pit. It's a semi-floating platform that's connected by a... a bit of stairs yeah. with the monuments around them so he kind of throws them down into the pit yeah so he joins Dana over to where she's sitting on the stairs and yep. obviously she's all fucked up he's all fucked up and they both just kind of succumb to the fact the realization that they've just ended the world Marty lights up a fat doobie mm-hmm. and they're both smoking it kind of reminiscing and this yeah. is when Dana kind of is just what does she say she's like I wish I had seen I wish them. I could have seen it and Marty's yeah. like that would have been a that would have been a fun weekend fun weekend yeah uh, this is about the only other sad moment in the movie where they're both embracing one another yeah. as the world is beginning as the to world crumble is literally fucking ending and, and that's it that's it the, the the room starts to rumble things start to crumble around them it the, like, like sucks in and then pushes back out yeah. as a gigantic ass hand yeah comes out of the earth yeah through the cabin and kind of grips towards the camera grips towards the camera yeah. and that's the end of the and movie we, we had the black screen so yep. and roll Which, credits well, again like Mordecai said, you know, the fool who was supposed to be Marty would end everything because they weren't paying attention to him yep. and his foolish ways. So. so I'm gonna say... I'm gonna um, say rip, rip to Dana. Rip to Dana. Ripe. Ripe. Literally the most ripest of ripes. <laughs> King Ripe. King Ripe to my sweet sweet angel, Marty. I'm gonna also say uh, rise to the director. Yeah, rise to that fucking director. Cause fuck her. Yeah, fuck but her. But I'm gonna say ripe to patience I'm gonna buckner. say ripe as well. Ripe to patience buckner because she she's lot a of child. Shit. Yeah. yeah, she went through a lot of shit. Even if she did become a murderous zombie, not her fault. Not her fault. Not her fault. She, she needs to rest in peace eternally. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. Good for her. But the rest of the buckners, fucking fuck rise. fuck them. Yeah, rise. King rise. King rise to them fucking buckners. Yeah. But king king ripe. King ripe to my man Marty. To Marty. Love Marty. I'm Love so you. glad. I'm angel. Yeah. So glad he made it as far as right. he did. But um, how many out of five, how what, what would you give? Oh, five. Five, yeah. Easy, Easy five. Same. Easy five. What are we watching next? The ritual, yes, tune in next week for the ritual. Yeah, that shit fucked me up, bro. I'm so scared right now. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, so fucking scared. scared <laughs> Do we say bye or can we just end it there? Bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Rest in, rest in shit. Oh my no, I thought about that. It could be rest in shit eternally. So there's rip, ripe, and rise. <laughs> Rest in peace, rest in peace eternally, and rest in shit Shit eternally. eternally. I like that. Yeah, I like that. We should have that on his shirt. If we ever make him merch, (laughs) rip, and rise. (laughs) I was like, dip, dodge, duck, dive, and dodge. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I love him in the center. He's a freak. I always used to get him... (laughs) And the guy from Twister, rest in peace. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I know he's dead, unfortunately. Anyways, anyways, moving on. Um, <clears throat> anyone? <laughs> Look at Chunky, so cute. And there's Daddy Buckner holding something in his hand. It's Papa Buckner. Do you say Daddy Buckner? I say both. Okay. I don't like the word Daddy. Yeah, I'm a prude. That's fine. Anyways, Papa Buckner. <laughs> but I can't even look at Modelo's anymore. You immediately get ill. I literally feel sick. Like literally <laughs> thinking about it right now, my stomach hurts. <laughs> Because I can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I've literally never had a Modelo, so I don't, don't know what it smells. <laughs> do It's a cerveza, so it's just, it's a... Oh, those are nice. Everything smells stinky to <laughs> me. I mean, yeah. but it's... Ugh. Yeah, that's why I get scared. Cause that's a good be... observation. I, that shark scared shit out of me. Well, James and the Giant Peach. Yo, you know what? That's, that's, a, horror yeah, horror that's a horror movie. That's a horror movie. Movies that should be considered horror but aren't, James and the Giant Peach. James and the fucking Giant James Peach. James and the fucking Giant Peach. Jesus Christ.